You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're finally doing it. We're recommending a ton of sci-fi books for all your dads, boyfriends, and husbands so you can <laughs> stop emailing us. We are ready. Okay. It's the number one requested thing, so we're just going to do a whole goddamn episode about it for you. Uh, we're also solving a book dumping problem and giving advice on being judgmental in your book club. Some oh, I love we've all question. done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, Bria, what are you reading? I finished a book that is the perfect sci-fi book for dad. dads. It's not on my list, but the author is on my list. Um, and I just really enjoyed this one. It was Starter Villain by John Scalzi. It's the new John Scalzi. Oh, best cover of the year, too. He's like a cat. It's a cat and a little... It has a lot of... Listen, there's a lot of cats in it, actually, if you like cats. But it's a cat and a little um, suit with a little tie on. I love John Scalzi. You're going to hear me talk about him in a second. This one is about this man, Charlie... He's a divorce substitute teacher. He's living at his parents' home. He has, like, these older siblings who who's, who he never talks to, and they want to sell the home. But he's, like, super broke. He's trying to buy this pub, but it's, like, not working out for them, him. And all of a sudden, his uncle dies, who he was never in communication with, but his uncle was, like, this sort of mogul of parking garages. And he dies, and then someone shows up to his house, and he's like, hey, your uncle left you some stuff. Turns out his uncle was not a mogul for parking garages. Turns out he was a supervillain. Um, and and But, like, the word is used kind of in a playful manner, but he, like, you know, has an island with a secret, you know, underground lair. And, like, he, it's basically, like, I would say these people are, like, chaotic neutral more than super villains if that makes sense or maybe yeah like chaotic neutral but so he inherits this place which is where he like has to deal with like corporations and and being like making decisions that are that are not necessarily like on the up and up um and there's a, a big thing he's caught in the middle of right at the top and uh there's a lot of cats there's dolphins uh it's very fun it's very john scalzi writes a book and you're like this is just a great fucking time. Like I'm having a blast reading this book. Um, it's you can get through it really quickly too. It's like a, just a fun read. Definitely great one for dads. I will put this you in the dad category, but also the me Kelsey. category. Uh, what are you reading? I am reading a highly anticipated book for me, Mallory O'Mara. It is the third book in the Edinburgh Night series by T.L. Huchu. It is the mystery at Dunvegan Castle, folks. This book got me out of a slump. I was. Barry and I talked about this off off podcast. I was like, man, I'm just in a slump. I'm trying to read too many 2023 books for the show, trying to like read new authors and stuff. And I finally was like, I'm just going to read a book I really want to read. And everyone knows I love this goddamn series so much. I was so excited for the third book. And it stars, as always, one of my favorite ever protagonist, Ropa Moyo. She is a ghost talker who lives in this sort of near future, slightly dystopian, post-dystopian maybe, world where there's lots of magic, but it's also like the way they talk about the world in this book is like there's a great catastrophe, which you sort of assume is a climate thing, and things have just changed a little bit, but the world is still very capitalist and very unfair to a lot of people, and she is trying to make money by being a ghost talker. And in the previous book, not a huge spoiler, but she got hired by the guy who sort of runs Scottish magic in Scotland to be his assistant. And she's trying really hard, even though she's never been to school to like get herself into this world and ingratiate herself with these people so she can get a good job and be an actual licensed magician and make some money to take care of her family. 
So she follows her boss to this big yearly meetup at this um, castle on the Isle of Skye. It's like where all the heads of all the different Scottish magic schools and all like the the uppity up people in the Scottish magic world meet up for um meet up every year. And basically, what it turns into is a locked room murder mystery in a haunted castle about a magical book. And I was like, man. This is the most glasser thing of all time. <laughs> it's so much fun. You're trying the whole so the whole book you're trying to figure out like who stole this book, who did the murdering in this locked room, in this magical castle. That. She's gotta talk to these ghosts to figure help figure out what happened and like track this magic. It's just got so much fun stuff going on. I just love this series. I would listen to or I would read a series of Ropa Moyo like going grocery shopping. I love her so much. She's such a fun <laughs> protagonist. This world is so interesting and this book was no different. And I will say it does end on kind of a cliffhanger, but I looked it up and there is a fourth book in this series coming out next summer. Oh, so great. Exciting. Very excited about that. Uh, so that's The Mystery at Dunbegging Castle by T.L. Huchu. And mine is Starter Villain by John Scalzi. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback about storing zines. Lots of people wrote in about storing zines. It was a listener problem we had a few weeks ago. Beth wrote in to say, perhaps your writer would want to store their zines in a binder with sleeves. That way they're protected, but also fun and easy to flip through. There are mind-numbing quantity of types of plastic binder sleeves available on the internet. I have a collection of playbills for every show I've seen since 2013, and I store them in sleeves in a binder. I also have a fairly significant collection of photopolymer stamps which i store in three three ring binders with various size sleeves i have the stamps categorized by type and then made myself a separate stamp library using GoodNotes, a pdf making app i've attached a sample page from my library so you know what the fuck i'm talking about the library is mostly to stop myself from buying too many similar stamps but it doubles as a sort of map where all my stamps are stored i love the binder idea i think that's really okay. fun yeah, I had to look up what a photopolymer stamp was because I was like, like a post office stamp? You know, like stamp collecting? No, it is like um, uh, stamps, like uh, like a crafting kind of stamp. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, it's it's clear. Okay. It's like a, it's Take- like a little gel thing, right? Yes. It's like a, a, they're made up of photopolymer material. They're like acrylic stamps, but yeah, it's like a stamp. Like you, st- yeah, you're right. It's like a, like a little gel thing, I guess. Um, I, but in my head, I, this, I was like, oh, they're collecting, uh, these, uh, like, like, um, stamps from the po- post office. Anyway, that's <laughs> how old school my thinking is, but this is a great idea. A binder. I think still people I do. It. I mean, I, that's what I thought at first too, that it was yeah. photo, it yeah. was post office stamps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Callahan wrote in and said, in the most recent episode, someone talked about comic book slash zine storage slash display. I know that the long comic book boxes were mentioned, but I wanted to flag a solution I found a few years ago. I'm not a huge comic book person, but I am a person who drinks wine and goes on eBay. So I managed to acquire <laughs> a big chunk of the Buffy comic universe about five years ago. I wanted them to be safe, but also look cute. So after searching, I found these wooden boxes with a display panel in the front. Interesting. They survived a move from Boston to LA and they look great sitting out in my living room. Here's the exact ones that I bought. And then we have a link here, which we'll put in the show notes. Probably wouldn't work for someone with a massive collection, but I think that they look nice and and keep the comics out and about instead of shoved in a closet or something. I'm going to look. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, so pretty. So they're like um, a shadow box almost. But then you put them all on top of each other. And so I guess you can, they're kind of stacked. They're stacked deep instead of long ways. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? The way I'm saying that? Yeah, they're yeah, cute. Yeah, these are so though. cute. 
Yeah, they're still stacked long ways, but I guess the front is open. Yeah, so you can display at least one issue of a comic or a zine. Yeah. Then Matt wrote in to say, because your show helped motivate me to begin reading more recreationally, I wanted to share my reading tracker blog post. I wanted to visualize how my reading pace had changed and use some of my work experience and data science to help discover my wheelhouse using Goodreads data. P.S. My my wheelhouse includes coming of age stories, small towns, ragtag groups taking on supernatural slash paranormal slash Lovecraftian challenges and murder mysteries. So, all right, we're going to look at this. All right, this is science. I'm looking at this, and this is... I plotted the average pages. Wow. Uh, Okay. Oh, my God. This is so cool. And then, uh, okay, and then Matt also talks about us. We're on this page talking about a wheelhouse. Oh, my God. Look at this. This is so cool. Okay, there's one that just looks like a little... Yeah, these are... We'll put this in the show notes. I turned to network science for genre analysis. Wow, this is awesome. Wow, this feels like a... Science fair project? Uh, uh-huh, it really does. How, I guess how your wheelhouse affects your this. reading. Reading, it's kind of fantastic. I don't know if I understand it because I don't have an advanced science degree of any sort, but I love it. Some of these make sense to me because they look like hockey stats. Like, it's really interesting. You could see how many books Matt read per year and... He says, my reading pace has increased since I began tracking. And then there's visualizations to show that. I think that's so cool. Oh, wow. And then the wheelhouse, you can go to. Yeah, y'all go look at this. This is really, if you can look at what was read in these bubbles. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Wow. Very cool. Very cool, Matt. Thank you for sending us this. Love it. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Quick bookmark. Occasionally we get emails from folks who are like, we want to support you. Do you have a Patreon? Do you have a coffee? Uh, We do. And it's called being part of Maximum Fun. (laughs) 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 We work really hard literally every single week to put this show out. And there are a a pretty good sized group of lovely folks that support us every month and help us do that that's how you get access to the slack channel that's how you get access to our bonus episodes and while we have a maximum fun drive every year it's a two-week uh process normally in the spring you can join anytime maybe you started listening to the show recently and you heard the fun drive episodes and you're like damn i missed it no you can sign up anytime you go to maximumfun.org join sign up for reading glasses and your support directly goes to us and Maximum Fun, which is a co-op now, which you can feel really good about yeah. supporting. Yeah, and so helps you're us make supporting the show. us. Yeah, you're supporting a group of people who work at the co-op. They own the co-op. So Reading Glasses and Maximum Fun, we are not owned by a corporation. All of this goes back to us. So part of your money goes to help run Max Fun, helps those people who own the co-op. It's a group of people who are really nice. You hear their voices every week. They help us out every week, plus us. So you can feel good about where your money's going when you give to Reading Glasses and Maximum Fun. That is how we pay our bills. That is a Reading Glasses is a really important part of our lives. And again, that's how you get access to all the fun bonus stuff that includes the Slack and the bonus episodes. We've been doing regular anticipated books episodes for members only every quarter. People really, really love them. So go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Sign up to support Reading Glasses. And if you want to join the Slack... All you got to do is email proof of your Maximum Fun membership to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. But we really encourage you to do this. If you listen to the show every week, if we have helped you get out of a book slump, given you recommendations, given you reading advice, we would really love if you helped us make the show and supported us back. So again, that's MaximumFun.org slash join. Before we recommend sci-fi books for all your dads and husbands, we're going to take a quick break.
Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by Microdose Gummies. So you've probably heard about microdosing. If not, all you need to know is that all sorts of people are microdosing daily to feel healthier and perform better. You can use them after you work out like I have. You can use them when you want to sleep a little bit better at night. You can use them when you are trying to get creative, maybe calm a little bit anxiety, Maybe uh, deal with a little bit of chronic pain. Microdose gummies have got you covered in all sorts of situations. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code GLASSES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. But again, that's microdose.com, code GLASSES. GLASSES. Hey, Sydney, you're a physician and the co-host of Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine, right? That's true, Justin. Is it true that our medical history podcast is just as good as a visit to your primary care physician? No, Justin, that is absolutely not true. Uh, however, our podcast is funny and interesting and a great way to learn about the medical misdeeds of the past, as well as some current not-so-legit healthcare fads. So you're saying that by listening to our podcast, people will feel better. Sure. And isn't that the same reason that you go to the doctor? Well, uh, you could say that. But and our podcast is free? Yes, it is free. You heard it here first, folks. Sawbones, Meryl Tour of Misguided Medicine right here on Maximum Fun. Just as good as going to the doctor. No, no, no. Still not just as good as going to the doctor, but but pretty good. It's up there. This week, we're finally doing it. A whole dang episode recommending sci-fi books for your boyfriends, your dads, and your husbands. This is the <laughs> number one type of book we get asked to recommend by a massive margin. So we're just going to get it all done in one fell swoop. Why do dads, husbands, and boyfriends love sci-fi books so much? Who can say? Why are they all so bad at finding books for themselves? Another mystery. <laughs> Maybe all these dads and husbands need to start listening to reading classes. I but agree. Bria, you are our resident sci-fi expert. What do you think makes a good sci-fi books for dads? Listen to or read the sci-fi books that maybe would be the most dad-friendly. But I think, look, I think a story that is relatable I think something that is universal, that has a little bit of hard sci-fi, a little bit of heart, but is very story-driven. I think we're going for for story uh, mm -hmm. doorways. You know Dad's what I mean? Like, like plot, I think. Plot. I think plot is what we're going for. And so I don't think it matters who your main characters are as long as you have that really strong story. That's my thinking. I had to think about this quite a bit because I was like, I have a lot of books, but I don't know if they're totally right. I don't know. What do you think is a is a good makes a good dad sci-fi? I think dads are very busy doing dad things like mowing the lawn and changing the oil. So, and they're very <laughs> tired and stressed out. So I think their dads are very plot driven because it's easier to follow, you know, yeah, when maybe. you're stressed out. Um, I think a good, I think I totally agree. I think a good sci-fi book for dads and boyfriends and husbands is like very compelling, fast paced, you know, maybe uh, less on the, on the language side and just more dads are, flying through that that plot doorway yeah and i think also like maybe a lot of like a lot of them grew up with adventure books and so like mm -hmm. like playing into that adventure aspect of things as well all right so what are our dad picks boyfriend picks husband picks okay 
first one I got is you got to get these dads these 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 men in your life into John Scalzi. I'm reading a John. I just read one. I loved it. I could recommend that one. But he's perfect for a sci-fi loving. He is person. the patron Dad saint of dads who love sci-fi. <laughs> Sorry, Scalzi. Um, I think look, his books are fucking great. They're great. Um, you can read the books. Your dad can read the book. It will. You're both going to love these books because they're wildly entertaining. You can read them with um, your dad. You can read yeah. them to your dad. Yeah, yeah. They're very accessible. I'm going to go with the classic Old Man's War. Basically, the idea is you turn 75 and you can either join the war, the intergalactic war effort, and get a new body and a younger body in the process. And if you survive a couple of years, which is not very easy, you'll get a homestead off this horrible planet that we call Earth. But it's really hard to survive. And it's just like an amazing premise, great character building. Uh, He's just the master coming up with something that's fun, that's universal, that anyone could read this book and be like, oh, this is just a great time, but also has like some space and sci-fi fun shit in it. What's your first pick? Uh, So my first pick is past guest of the show, Tade Thompson's Rosewater. So it's the start of a trilogy. And I picked this because it's like sci-fi spy fiction and dads love spies. Yeah, I like this book love a spy so it's about a future where aliens land in nigeria and create a sort of biodome to live in and a town springs up on the edge of the biodome because people think that the aliens might have some sort of special healing powers and turns out the influence of the biodome has given some people telepathic powers which the government has rounded up all those people and turned them into elite agents only somebody starts killing them and the main character who is an agent himself has to find out what's happening uh this is one for all the x-file dads out there mm-hmm. which i believe there are a lot and uh it's just i a mean really i'm basically an x-file dad honestly I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know what you have to qualify to like do I that think you but need, i am you an need X-file a dad. pair of cargo shorts um, I own that. A multi-tool clipped to that, t- clipped to those cargo shorts. And um, you have to have uh, a lot of opinions about what, like one particular technical thing, whether it's watches or cars or something mm. like that. Okay. All right. I only know about X-Files, so. You're on, hey, one third of the way there. On my way. On my way. What, what's your next pick? I really had to think about this because th- with the majority of dads, you got to go things that are like sci-fi, but not like so rough around the edges, you know, like it has to be mm-hmm. a little bit of a mystery. Maybe um, I liked your idea of it being a spy thing. So I wanted to do a newer book, one that I read this year. This one's called Titanium Noir by Nick Harkaway. I can't remember if I talked about it on the show. I don't think you did. It's a noir detective book meets science fiction, and it takes place in a world in which elite, super rich people can live a really long time through this special process. Like as they age, they go through this process to be young again. But the problem is it makes you re-go through puberty and regrow. Oh my so God. when you do this process to live forever, because you can essentially keep doing it forever and live like forever, you get really big and tall. So you have these 90-year-olds who are like seven feet tall, but they look 22. So it's like this really ridiculous. weird... <laughs> group of elite rich people so you can like see them and they're pretty rare there's not many of them because it's like a very expensive but you can see them coming (laughs) you can see them coming but then one of them is killed and a normal sized detective who is a normal looking (laughs) age has to solve the case and uh i was writing this down and i was like wow i'm doing two body modification books about modifying your body as you grow older is this something I think dads like? I don't know. This is something I need to explore about myself. No, I think, I think this, this is, is a really fun dad, one. Dads like because dads dads are very freaked out about how their body is aging. Are they? I some are. I think some are. Oh, I a hundred percent think they are. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hit us I up, think dads. That this is a really fun. 
To, yeah, let us know. Let us know what your fears are. Uh, but I think that this one is just, it's really fun. It was a great read. I read it on the plane and was like, this is just such a joy. And you thinking about these 90 year old, seven feet tall people is really entertaining. What do you have next? My next pick is for the dads who lost their mind over the Martian by Andy Weir. I mm, feel like great. it was an event book for dads. Oh, I like <laughs> when 50 Shades of Grey came out, that was an event book for moms and completely yeah. changed the mom reading game. It and changed it, the, the market. 50 Shades of Grey. For sure. But the Martian was the same thing, but for dads. Mm. I would say a full 60 to 70% of the recommendation emails we get for dads or husbands or boyfriends is my yeah. insert male relationship here loves the martian what can mm-hmm. you recommend for him like yes. if you look it up there are about 50 million different articles that are like what to read after you read the martian it was yeah. an event book for dads completely changed the world of dad reading forever and for those dads who are many dads or husbands i am recommending the long way to a small angry planet by becky chambers um mm-hmm. because it's got something that a lot of people really love about the martian is it's very funny and it's fun and Long Way to a Small Angry Planet has got that in spades. You've got a goofy motley crew. They're traveling through space on the job of a lifetime that turns out to be way more dangerous than they expected. It's very feel good. It's very fun. It's almost kind of cozy. And I really think that it'll click with those dads. Uh, All right. What is your next one? I almost did another body modification one and I ended up changing it. <laughs> uh, instead of doing Defenders by Will McIntosh, I, y'all know I love his work. It's also something very tall though. <laughs> <laughs> but basically this time the defenders uh, these are the defenders of humans these giants that we create in order to save us from ongoing alien inv- invasion but the problem is you can't control what you create sometimes and it turns oh. out you can't make it obey you and they end up having trouble with these defenders i loved this one i think um olive oil mcintosh's work uh, uh would is great for anyone who who in any of his in his work but i think this one in particular was a really fun one um that could be great for dads husbands love giants apparently <laughs> yeah i apparently that's what i'm going for actually i think i have one more giant one. Oh, that's i so do funny. okay all right go ahead what's your next one my next pick is the three body problem by Sheen liu and this is for all the tech dads dads who read a lot of tech magazines who like a lot of gadgets it's about a secret military project that sends out signals when they're trying to reach alien life and surprise surprise an alien civilization receives the signal only to decide mm. only to decide that they want to invade earth instead of peacefully visiting and so all of these different camps of people start to form some people want to fight these aliens some people want to welcome them and win them over and it's set in the chinese cultural revolution and has a lot of real science in it liu is an engineer so it's just it's going to be a tv series soon it's just going to be great for tech dads and then your husband husband can be the cool guy at work who's like oh i already read that series mm-hmm. when it comes out i think it's all going to be on netflix again great for for tech folk uh what is your next one well to my shame i've never read that one but i i did get it on audiobook i'm thinking about listening to it because i was Ooh. like maybe like it's such a it's a intimidating book it's so long and so yeah. like and it's three of them so i'm like oh my gosh this just feels like a lot to do so uh i got it on audiobook so stay tuned maybe i'll read that one my next one i'm going light brigade by cameron harley um Ooh, yeah, i thought about this for a while miss with right and i think this is like one that dads will love because it's got a grunt soldier on a mission on another planet, which is like, yes, get into this story, dads. Uh, but also it's against an a- a- evil entity and I won't kind of spoil what's going on. And then there's like 
time travel or maybe is it battle madness? Like what is happening? It's a great one. I love recommending this book. I think it was, I just really loved it. And Karen, Cameron Hurley is all around going to have some wonderful choices for yeah. dads. A lot of, a lot of sci-fi, a lot of hard sci-fi um, space opera stuff as well. Yeah, um, just hand them one? Cameron Hurley and John Scalzi and you're all set. Yeah, they're basically. set. They're set. Yeah. Yeah. And Andy Weir if they have it, but I think they probably most of uh, Most have, dads have already. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to trap a husband in a mouse trap, instead of putting a piece of cheese, you would just put the the Martian by Andy Weir. <laughs> a dad trap. Anyway, my next pick is one I've recommended to dads and husbands before. It's Ancillary Justice by Anne Leckie. Oh, yeah. And it is a big old space opera um, for the dad. Lots of lots of dads and husbands love space operas. It's about an AI that has been betrayed. They used to run a massive starship and now they are stuck in a weak little human body. And now they are on mm. a quest for revenge mm-hmm. through the galaxy. It's a page turner. It's the first of a trilogy. It's really good for husbands and dads that like military adventures. Mm hmm. That's your great. Tom Clancy dads, your, mm-hmm. I don't know, other, other ones that are like Tom Clancy. I don't know. Got but me. If, I don't, not I, <laughs> but it'll be great for them. Um, what is your last pick, Brian? I, I'm going with a lesser known one uh, called The Prey of Gods by Nikki Drayden. Nikki Drayden, I don't think has written another book since then. And I just want to like someone, please tell her, like, please write another book. <laughs> someone I love call this up book. Nikki Drayden, please. Someone call her up. Um, it all takes place in a future South Africa where things are like pretty good. Like robots do a lot of work for us. But then, of course, AI uprising. You got to be careful with Uh-oh. it. And then there's a goddess who tries to kill everyone. So it's not like super hard sci-fi. And it has a little bit of like uh, fantasy a little bit thrown in. Like, so I think that that could be a fun gateway for some dads. I read this one a few years back and I think about it quite a bit. And an AI uprising. I mean- we're ready for it. This is, I mean, this was ahead of its time. We're now we're, we're getting into this. Um, we have to learn how to fight it. That's really the thing. Well, maybe read this book. And y'all, you need to. Why I'm training, folks. I need yeah. to be strong enough to beat up a robot. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's your last one? Uh, my final pick is for the noir dads. Mm. Everyone knows there's a noir dad who loves. It's very close to the spy dads, but a little bit yes. different. Um, and this is my weirdest pick on this list, just FYI. But I wanted to put a non-space, a non-alien book on here. Uh, it's called The City in the City by China Mieville. Uh, this is a murder mystery that takes place in an urban sci-fi setting. It's about two rival cities that are completely different from each other. And they're also on top of each other. Yeah, the same occupy the same space two different cities and these two different detectives one from each city have to band together and and uncover the city secrets to solve the murder and save themselves because as they start to investigate they realize that people don't want them to be investigating this so they have to solve it or they die get murdered it's very like raymond chandler meets philip k dick and i I know those are buzzy husband slash dad authors um so i think that'll that'll uh satisfy them so folks now we just have a whole episode to refer people to i also love that there are so many spouses and girlfriends and partners of people who really want to get their their husbands or their dads or their boyfriends books it is very mm-hmm. very adorable to me it is people very who are sweet. like so so gung-ho and so trying so hard to find great books for uh sometimes their brothers too remember that woman who was trying to find a sci-fi for her brother we think you're amazing you're lovely readers and we're really hoping that this episode helps you you can send your Mm -hmm. thoughts on sci-fi books for husbands and dads to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com before we solve a problem about dumping books we're going to take a quick break 
Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by Pear Eyewear. Folks, whether you like it or not, we are in the holiday season. Don't panic. There are some nice things about the holidays. Holidays can be really stressful, but the best part is decorating. And did you know that you can decorate your glasses with Pear Eyewear? There is no merrier way to do it than with Pear's new holiday collection. You can let your holiday spirit shine with seasonal styles that slay pun intended. The assortment features snowy scenes, classic plaids, yuletide activities, and your favorite festive hues. And with the virtual try-on, you can find the right frame shape for you in the comfort of your home. Their growing lineup of frames has options for the whole family. Doesn't matter what size your face is. Folks, the way the pair eyewear works is you buy a pair of base frame glasses. They have a bunch of different shapes, so don't worry. I get the cat eyes because of course I do. And then you get top frames that magnetically clip on the top of them and you can switch them out in a second so you can get cute fun holiday frames for your office party for your christmas party at home just to keep you sane through the ridiculous stress of the holiday season every time you look in the mirror you'll your spirit will be cheered with some cute holiday fun so make every look merry with pair eyewear go to paireyewear.com slash glasses for 15 percent off your first pair that's pair p-a-i-r eyewear.com slash glasses glasses what is up people of the world do you have an argument that you keep having with your friends and you just can't seem to settle it and you're sitting there arguing about whether it's star trek or star wars or you can't decide what is the best nut or can't agree on what is the best cheese stop doing that listen to we got this with mark and hal only on max fun your topics asked and answered objectively definitively for all time so don't worry everybody we, we got, got this. this. We got this. Now let's look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week, we're going to solve a book tech problem from Haley. Haley says, I have a very important question about dumping books. A huge reason why I push through books that are just okay is so I can mark it as read on Goodreads and it contributes to my reading goal. If you get halfway through a book in DNF, can you mark it as read? It feels like cheating, but if I just suffered through 150 to 200 pages, it should count for something. What are your thoughts? Bria, what should Haley do? Well, I'm going to say what you're going to say, which is maybe try tracking pages instead of books. This might solve Mm -hmm. this problem for you. That way it doesn't feel like a loss. But here's a suggestion. Maybe just quit reading earlier. Like if you're Mm -hmm. like, I don't think I like this one. Like, you know, this isn't going to add to your stack of red books that you want to to be tracking. Like if you're 15 pages in, you're like, I don't care. Go read a different book. Like maybe this will help you make that decision. Um, Yeah. Do you have what what is your advice? Do you think do you think Haley should mark it as red? I mean, Haley, you can do whatever you want. We're not going to yeah, call seriously. the book police on you either way. However, if you only get halfway through a book, personally, I don't think you should count it as red. Mostly for Haley's own tracking. Like you want to remember that you didn't like a book enough to finish it. You don't want to look back a year from now and be like, I-, I liked it enough to finish it. No, don't lie to yourself. This is a bad book. I think we should start calling it the sunken page fallacy. Ooh, I love it. Wow. Mallory, you're good at coining these terms. Good job. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I agree with Bria. You can try p- tracking pages. I think maybe just Goodreads is not the 
maybe not the book tracking tech for Haley. Maybe Haley should try tracking in a print journal, tracking on Storygraph, tracking on one of the bazillion book tracking apps we've recommended on the show find one that tracks pages and that way Mm -hmm. at the very least because there's a bunch of book tracking apps where you can track your percentage or and like that'll calculate how many pages you've done so maybe that would be more helpful and then at the end of the year Haley can look at the pages or look at the amount of there's a there's one if you go back in our episodes I can put a link to it in the show notes one of the book tracking review episodes we did tracked how many hours you spent reading Mm. so maybe that could be helpful for Haley. Find an app that tracks the where you can log the hours that you've read. And that way you can be like, well, I read an hour of this book and I didn't like it and I DNF'd it. But you still have that hour logged. I just think there's some tech out there that might be more helpful for Haley than, than Goodreads. Because we all we get it. We've all done it. And then you're like, man, you do feel like you wasted time. So maybe try yeah. dumping it earlier. Try a different tracking service or try tracking pages. Hopefully one of these. Yeah. Or creating a list on Goodreads or whatever you use that's just like DNF. Like, so you are still tracking it. It's going into a a tracking mm-hmm. thing. But yeah, I think it, I think if you track things and you didn't actually finish them, you are going to end up with a bunch of, like, you're going to give it like one star, which you didn't finish it. So I don't know if you should be giving it one star in the first place. You know, like I would just put it yeah. in a DNF folder and like, you're like, this goes into my DNF. So, you know, and so that idea. way, you know, you know, that and you can do that on Goodreads. You can re- create a little like a tag, and that way that you can that Haley can at least track the books that they started, like right. books they books attempted. Uh, yeah, there's a thing in hockey where it's like goals, shots on goal versus goals, and there, so there's like a little number on the screen when you watch a hockey game that's like, oh, this this team has had 30 shots on goal this whole game, and they maybe they only have two goals, but they at least got 30 shots on there so you can do like i attempt maybe i attempted i started 100 books this year but i only finished 70 of them Mm -hmm. so there's a bunch of different book tech solutions for this Haley, let us know hopefully one of these is helpful and uh, we'll get you out of your sunken page fallacy Uh, so if you want us to solve your book tech problem you can send it to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com Time to answer a bookish question from one of our listeners. Oh, Bria, this is such a good one. (laughs) I love this one. Natasha asked, my problem is that whenever I have to read a book for book club, a mental light switch marked hypercritical gets flipped and I turn into Uh a fault finding judgmental snob. Most of the books Uh we read aren't at all in my wheelhouse, but they are fine. Totally fine. I am the problem. If I end up really hating the book, it sends me into a massive slump. How can I appreciate a book club book without treating it like a detested homework assignment? You want to read Natasha's Wheelhouse? Uh, Space opera, alien languages, weird fiction, queer protagonists, platonic love, kick-ass moms, and fantasy mysteries. All right. Bria, what do you think? What is, is, is Natasha the problem? What should Natasha do? Natasha, why are you in this book club? Why are you in this book club? (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? I mean, okay, maybe it's a fun social event for you, which that my book club is part of that. But I don't know. Dump that book club. Is that? Dump that that book club. club. Um, Look, if you love the book club, let's say you're there because you just love these people. You just don't like the books. Like maybe read a little bit of the book, read a synopsis, but don't waste your fucking time. Don't waste your time. Like show up with a great snack, a bottle of wine, a smile, <laughs> and smile through the conversation about the book, and then talk about our flag means death or whatever TV show you like with people afterwards and before, and you don't have to actually get into the book. You can just 
be the person who didn't like, didn't finish the book. That's okay. Your book club should be fun. But mostly, I'm going to say, if this is not like one of your major social activities, maybe you need to dump the book club. I just don't think it's for you. I mean, there are many weeks people in my book club did not finish a book because they did not like it. You don't need to feel bad about that. But if you are not finishing any of the books, like maybe you should rethink like if this is a good use of your time, because I think you're going to spend a lot of time working to like going through these books, but there's great books that you actually want to read. And there's going to be book clubs that are actually reading books that you want to read. Mm -hmm. Again, if this is like something you do with your friends, like I'm not judging that. There's a lot of times my friends are like, you want to go see this movie? And I'm like, sure. And I'm like, I hate this movie, Uh, but I just like my (laughs) friends and that's fine. Like socialization is important. And I think you should value it if these are people you like, but like, then just don't read the book. Just be like, eh, it wasn't for me. I started, I read like five pages. I wasn't into it. Does anyone want more wine? I will. I want more wine. You know, like that's also I think fine uh, as long as the person who runs your book club doesn't get angry about that. What about you? What you got for Natasha? I gotta say, I really admire Natasha's honesty and yeah. the fact that Natasha's like, oh, it's totally me. I'm bad, but I agree. I don't think Natasha's the problem here. I think Natasha needs to find a new book club. And from from Natasha's wheelhouse, it seems like Natasha should find a genre focused book club. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because if this is if this is Natasha's wheelhouse, it's all like alien stuff, weird fiction, you know, fantasy mysteries. And Natasha's in like a straight up literary fiction book club. Of course, mm-hmm. Natasha's going to be fucking miserable. Is like, it a literary fiction book club? No, oh, no, no. I'm just saying that right, if that's if that's what it was. And right, I do right, feel right. like a lot of like a lot of book clubs are centered around like mainstream literary fiction because they're very accessible for people. So I don't think it's Natasha's fault at all. That being said... I also want to bring up the aspect that sometimes book homework makes you hypercritical of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as someone who has a hard time with book homework, before you jump into an assigned book, try to look it over and find things that you were independently excited about. That way it feels like you have mm-hmm. a little more agency, like you have chosen this book instead of it getting foisted upon you. Because I'm the, 100% the same way. If there's a book I have to read for work, which is all the fucking time, yeah. I... I just sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't like it. And it's not that the book is bad. I'm just grumpy because I don't want to be having to read it. So maybe instead of joining a book club where there's assigned reading, Natasha should join a silent reading book club where everyone reads their own book. Because if Natasha's just looking for bookish socialization, there are other things, other types of events that don't have a book assigned to you that Natasha can join. Like Natasha can go to book conferences, to author readings, those silent book clubs we talked about. Uh, If you go on their website and look at the different locations, like there's lots of places. Maybe you're just a person who doesn't like assigned reading and that's fine because that's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Some Mm -hmm. people love it. Some people feel like, oh, I have this book assigned to me. I'm excited. I can't wait to talk to people about it. I need to have something assigned to me in order to make it through a book because I need some sort of outside motivation. But it doesn't sound like Natasha's like that. If Natasha's reading independently, they might not need to be in a book club. So there's a lot of of options. Natasha, we don't think that you are the problem. We think that your book club is the problem. Mm-hmm. Get out of there. Get out of there. Dump that book club. So if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group. And folks, you should really check out that Void merch store. We have so much fun reading glasses merch in there. There's totes and shirts and stickers. The holidays are coming up. If you have a bookish person in your life and you don't know what to get them, why not a My Other Car as a TBR list sticker? Why not a cute bookish tote that says library user on it? So much stuff. 
go check it out. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to do something really nice for us that helps us grow the show and get more glassers in the world, please rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. It will only take you 30 seconds on the mobile app and it really warms our hearts and truly has a measurable effect on growing this show. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for reading. Thanks for reading. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.